Good morning and welcome to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom, a weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And answering the phones for us today is the burly John Dunn. If you want to join our conversation today, call us at 813-239-9663 and John will get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Today's guest has been making ways in the Tampa Bay area for years. Robin Lockett has served as political chair of the Hillsborough County NAACP and chair of the Hillsborough County Democratic Party's Black Caucus. Today, she's regional director for the Tampa Bay region for Florida Rising. Florida Rising is a grassroots organization that advocates for economic and racial equity throughout the state. The website says they organize multiracial movements to win elections, change laws, and create a state where everyone can be safe, happy, healthy, and whole. Some of their priorities are climate justice, housing justice, gender and reproductive justice, and expanding democracy by registering people to vote. They're working against mass incarceration and voter suppression, particularly among felons. Organizing, their website says, is the heart of all they do. Thanks for being here, Robin. Thank you for having me. Um, so, Robin, tell us a little bit about Florida Rising. Who are they? How long have they been around? And how do they work around the state? Let's start with how long they've been around. Florida Rising has been around for 18 months. Uh, it's, uh, the organization uh, was birthed from Organized Florida, who was in, uh, locally here in Tampa, the central Bay Area, and then um, uh, New Florida Majority uh, that we, which was located in Miami and Jacksonville. Our two organizations uh, merged and birthed Florida Rising. So we've been in existence for about 18 months. And you are the um, regional director for Tampa Bay. And one of the, the another uh, message that you get from Florida Rising is, this is a quote, justice will look different on every block, but we know that if we rise together, it's possible. So what does that mean, justice looks different on every block? Everybody should have the same uh, access. Everybody should have uh, same uh, the same health care, the same uh, uh, being protected, uh, same uh, uh, safe homes, housing, affordable housing. Our block shouldn't look any different from South Tampa's block. That's how we we, we measure it, right? Because mm-hmm. you know South Tampa, the perception and the reality is that they can snap and things get done. So we should have the same uh, access to what they what they have. And what about in throughout the state? There's is it the same? You have the same goals and priorities in Hillsborough County as you do in Dade County or in Jacksonville. So with Florida Rising, our our membership drives the work. So during the pandemic, housing was a big factor. So that was statewide. And although we're still working statewide with housing. Uh, Jacksonville's may be a little bit different because their priority has changed to something else. So theoretically, yes, but you know our our members move the work that we we work on. And it seems like you guys focus a lot on local government, city councils, county commissions. Is that an accurate um, uh, assessment? Or yes. That's where it begins, right? You have to understand local. Uh, those are the individuals that we can touch. Those individuals is is. Uh, I don't want to say simpler to make a change, but we can uh, have a conversation with seven versus Tallahassee when you're fighting against a hundred. So yes, and local governments have a very 
close and direct impact on people. Correct. So that that, that's sense. where it starts. And yes. you've had a big impact within 18 months, I, I have to say, the way you, you uh, have organized people, especially in Tampa, on affordable housing. Oh, thank you. Um, well, talking about priorities, so let's talk a little bit about Pinellas. One of the things that you worked on Pinellas was in the um, Pinellas County, it was in the Child's Park neighborhood um, where they were having some air quality issues. Tell us about that. What was going on there and what did Florida Rising do? So the city of uh, St. Pete had a uh, program called uh, Smell Something, Say Something. Uh, one of our organizers, actually our lead organizers, live in uh, Child's Park, and uh, he brought it to our attention that, hey, there's something going on. Uh, uh, the city is coming out. They wanted, uh, we're requesting, we're demanding that they do like an air quality test and so forth. So they've been doing uh, slight research, but not really being pushed on it. Um, and our goal is to make the community aware of what's going on, because for so long, we may uh, deal with, um, smelling something and this, hey, something smells bad, and then just going, going, on, going about our business, and we began to live with it. And right. let's talk about how this even came about. So the Child's Park neighborhood is South St. Pete. Um, a lot of the, the houses there were built in the 1940s and 50s when St. Pete was, was segregated. It was segregated. It was, it was in the city charter that wow. African Americans could not live north of Central Avenue. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was from 1941 until 1971. And so when you wonder how come so much of the African-American population in St. Petersburg lives south of Central, well, that's the reason. It's a historical, it's a, it's a legacy of historical racism. And then this, the, they, they believe, I think we don't know for sure, but the, the belief is that perhaps the smell is coming from an oil recycling facility Correct. that was built in 1971. Mm -hmm. um, so at a time when they were just starting to segregate, but you can see that, uh, that you know, or desegregate. So you can see how institutional racism lasts for generations, that there were these laws that were in place in the 1940s and 50s and then this plant was built. These people were living with this horrible stench for, for 50 years. Um, and, and apparently people have been talking about this and have been aware of this for decades. Correct. Uh, in fact, a city council member uh, was so concerned about it, she moved out of the neighborhood, and yet nothing has ever been done. And so what Florida Rising is trying to do is bring public attention to the Correct, issue, right? correct. And try correct. to get folks in the neighborhood. There's power in people. Yeah. Right. So right. once people really start understanding uh, what the damages are, what the uh, how it's affecting them, they'll move. So it's power in people. Right. So th to really make uh, legislatives or electives move, people have to you know be involved, and that's our that's our goal to uh, bring them to the table. Um, well, some of the other things that you're working on in Pinellas County and then also in Hillsborough County is um, bail reform, mm -hmm. and that is also a nationwide movement. So talk to us a little bit about that. Why is that important, and how does that work? So uh, the cash, no cash bail uh, is, is important. We had uh, started having meetings with uh, Andrew Warren um, mm -hmm. around no cash bail, and um, it's important because people will sit in jail They'll plead to something they didn't do. <laughs> and I know that for a fact when I was working with as a legal assistant with regional council. But they'll, uh, they sit in jail and they don't have the money to uh, pay for bail. And those are low, uh, you know, low crimes. 
that they don't, you know, they don't have the money to uh, pay for bail. So that's when you're talking about economic equity is one of the things that Florida Rising cares about. This is a perfect example of people Correct. who are, if you are low income, you are at a terrible disadvantage that even for a very low level crime that maybe your bail is $200, you can't afford you that. You can't afford it. And you haven't been convicted of that crime. You're Correct. in jail awaiting trial. You're waiting so that's the trial. important part is that you're innocent until proven guilty in this country and uh, of course, a bail is also there to ensure that people show up and also to keep the public safe. So what do you say to folks who say, wait a minute, we need to have bail. How are we going to keep our streets safe? How are we going to make sure these people show up? Well, uh, Andrew Warren and uh, the whole group uh, of what was the, uh, did it during the pandemic. They let people out that were non-threatening, depending on their crimes and so forth. They let them out uh, during the pandemic. And from my knowledge, it worked. So this could be as simple as driving uh, on an expired license. Correct. Driving without registration. You could end up, or driving on a suspended license. You could end up getting arrested and thrown in jail, and you can't get out. This is not a violent crime. Correct. This is a non-violent crime. Right. Correct. Um, so also in um, both Hillsborough and Pinellas, you all have worked on, and they call it, um, community assistance and life liaison. So what that, what that is. Call. In, call. Sure. In simple terms, something that we've been talking about a lot, which is the idea of having, um, not having police officers respond to certain incidents. And what's the status of that? And can you tell us a little bit about that initiative? So St. Pete was uh, very forward-thinking in regards to, uh, you know, when the marches were happening and the sit-ins were happening, they were very forward-thinking in in regards to implementing this. So they were uh, well ahead of the game. They uh, have that program intact, and from my knowledge, it's working fine. Uh, Tampa was a little slower, but uh, just having a conversation with uh, the new... Newly appointed Chief uh, uh, Chief O'Connor, she uh, indicated that they have implemented. I think they have maybe four, or they have a slot for four, uh, but they've implemented it. Uh, it's moving slowly, but they're uh, they it, it has been implemented. And the thinking is that these are when people get called to certain when there are certain police calls, maybe you need a social worker or somebody who has different skills to Correct. respond, so that the first response is not to handcuff somebody and throw them on the ground. <laughs> correct, correct. Especially someone in a mental health uh, crisis. Oh. You need somebody who is really trained and had to deal with somebody who's mentally ill. You have to talk, talk them down. You know, uh, you know, thank goodness, to my knowledge again, we don't have the uh, situation where we have cops that have shot people in the back and stuff like that. But how do we keep the environment for it not to happen? So I think that with them implementing it and, and really being sincere about implementing it and doing it the right way, that it'll make a, a big difference to keep that uh, the culture the same. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom, and our guest today is Robin Lockett um, of Florida Rising. And Florida Rising is a grassroots organization that aims to advance economic and racial justice across Florida. And we're going to be talking about their focus on affordable housing in Tampa. But first, um, and if you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org or you can text us at 813 813- Four three three zero eight eight five, and that number is eight one three two three nine nine six six three. John is back there waiting desperately for your call. And we do have a text message uh, from Bubba, one of our loyal uh, listeners, who uh, w- wants to know about how you feel about 
Orlando Goods, the city council member who has been accused of uh, sexual harassment, <clears throat> he says, I'm, it's my opinion he's got to go due to his inexcusable behavior. Any thoughts on that subject? I don't think, I, I mean, I've made my, my uh, stance clear because I've gone and spoken uh, on his behalf, on my behalf uh, at city council. So I think that uh, Orlando Goose has not been given or was not given due process. And I think that everybody needs to go through the process. Uh, long time they weren't the administration wasn't releasing all of the documents. Uh, then uh, the situation with them paying the, you know, settling it mm -hmm. when there's not a lawsuit. So I think that Orlando Goose wasn't provided due process. And I, I put it on the notion of me having two black boys. Somebody accuses them, you know, uh, and I know I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I know how women can be. You know, so, but I want, I think everybody deserves to due process in regards to an allegation like that. Well, I would like to point out there will be an election in March, and so he might get some due process then from the voters. If they mm -hmm. don't like what he's done, they get to say so, if somebody runs against him, of course. And, and you know, not even surprisingly, the community has uh, rallied, uh, rallied, uh, rallied around him and supported him. And Bubba, I don't, I don't know if Bubba is saying he needs to resign or, or he just needs to be ousted by the voters. But again, I feel like we were kind of going down this scary path of filing lawsuits to force council members Correct. to resign, which is really not the way it should be. It's, it's about elections, um, you know, and, and, and depending on what it is. And we also had that city council member, Novalde, who finally resigned, and maybe that was a good idea for other reasons. Um, so back to, we are talking about the, um, about bail reform and, and gen the police um, department, uh, the, the, the um, social workers going out on police calls. So Let's also talk then about the Citizens Review Board because you all were very active also in the Police uh, Citizens Review Board in the city of Tampa, and there was some reforms that were made. Um, were the reforms that made were those reforms enough, or is there more that needs to be done with that Citizens Review Board? I think that uh, there's more that can be done. I think that uh, right now uh, the push is for. Um, uh, there to be a, um, I'm getting a brain fart, um, subpoena power, <laughs> subpoena power, thank you, uh, for there to be subpoena power. Um, I think that um, right now, the Citizens Review Board, they review um, cases that are closed. Right. Um, I, I thought that they didn't choose the cases. I thought that the cases were presented to them, but I found out later that they do have they can select any case that they want that's closed. But what? Uh, well, what's the point of doing it after it's closed? Correct. I was just going to say, <laughs> you know, just looking at other places, you know, they um, pull cases that are actively going. And it's a, it's a recommendation from the Citizens Review Board, just like, like it's a recommendation from the uh, IE. Internal, you know, and it's, a, it's a recommendation from them. But I think that, uh, you know, working hand in hand or not even hand in hand, but as a body to offer a suggestion of information that they find, right, another opinion to be included before the case closes. Also, the other um, uh, city of Tampa issue that I believe Florida Rising was involved in was that crime-free housing program. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Yvette Lewis called 
renting while black. Yes. That, um, yes. Very uh, catchy phrase. And, but, and that uh, is a program where the um, police department were notifying um, landlords anytime a tenant or somebody was arrested, whether it was on the property, off the property, and basically pressing to have them evicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when this program uh, initially started, that was, the, you know, that was the case, right? They were uh, arresting people. When a person got arrested, their landlord was notified if they were in this program. So their landlord was notified, um, and it was a persuasion, because the letters show it, that the police department was saying, hey, have you evicted this person or, or whatever? I've read some of the cases where uh, a person lived in Robles Park and they stole a bag of hair from Palm River. That's not on the property. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, a big campaign happened when people started uh, asking questions about it. And um, Delgado, chief, the then, the then cho- Chief Delgado changed it or agreed to, you know, modify it. So now they um, have remodified it. But just like I, I, tell, I told them... The damage has already been done. If you have the uh, the same uh, apartment complexes that were in this program before, that culture has already been created, right? There are they they're going to do what you have designed for them to do. So if you really want to open it up, open it up to everybody. And when I say open it up, not just putting it on a website, but contact those people, those different apartment complexes in South Tampa and Ybor City. Contact them, bring them in, tell them about the program, and open it up to everybody. Just like you pinpointed and you chose those original apartment complexes, do the same thing for everybody. And that would be fair, you know. Right, because this was the vast majority of the black. complexes that were in this program were in black neighborhoods. They yeah, were in East low Tampa, low-income yeah. communities. Yeah. But the main change they made seems pretty significant. They will not be alerting landlords when... The culture has already been created. They but don't going, have to. But going forward, they won't be contacting them, right? But they don't have to because that culture has already been created over the years. When they were asking those same apartment complexes, it's, all, it's already in them to do it. Oh, it's already in the um, leases. So you think the landlords will do it? The landlords will just be checking to see if tenants are arrested? Yeah, because they still have access to a website. Oh, sure. There's a website. They can look it it up anytime. Yeah, so if you're a part, uh, if you sign up for this program, there's a dashboard, and you can check. Oh, against your, yeah, yeah. okay. So if I get an argument with my mate or or, or whatever, whose business is that? Um, and then if you're evicting people, it's, you, suppose, you're, you, suppose you get arrested for, uh, uh, with a suspended license. I guess it, was, it would be crime, so never mind on that one. Yeah, um, but either way, the 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 point is is that they are scaling that back. But yes, it, it is yet another example of institutional racism. When people say there is not institutional racism, that is, we've just in the last twenty five minutes <laughs> talked about two very significant ad- examples of institutional racism that still exist in our community. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. you're not even when you're arrested. And let's say that you get a, your family gets evicted because of your arrest. You're not even uh, you're charged. charged. Yeah, you're, you're not charged. guilty. You're not convicted. You're not correct. You're not convicted yet. Right. So people are are suffering just from having been arrested. Which brings me to another question for you. We've been talking about the police department, but what's your take on moving the police headquarters to East Tampa? Is that um, something that you are supportive of? 
She's pausing. That's not dead air, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have mixed feelings about it, so I, I, I have to just... It's not an issue that Florida Rising has gotten involved in. No, no, no. no. Yeah. But I have mixed issues about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm unsure. I'm You're unsure, yeah. And I'll tell you what I think. Okay. I think that you put the police where you want the arrests to be made. So just because they're there... Just by having them there, they're more likely to be arresting people because the presence is there. And they're like my neighborhood, there's a guy that lives behind me that regularly shoots a gun, and nothing's happening about and that. What neighborhood do you live? In? I live in South Tampa, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm not getting much satisfaction from the police. They're not doing anything, but they're not in my neighborhood much. Right, And so I just think that you go ahead and you put the police headquarters, you're going to have the police there in East Tampa all the time you know, and more likely to be making arrests. It's kind of similar to what has happened in the schools. When you put um, uh, you know, armed uh, law enforcement in schools, you end up, um, you don't have, really we don't have that many school shootings. It seems we do have a lot of school shootings. We have way too many school shootings. But the reality is, those, those law enforcement officers in schools, if you increase that, you increase the number of kids getting arrested. Yeah, I, you know, um, that one is difficult for me um, because I, when I was in high school, we had uh, Wojo. He was a, a, a sheriff that, uh, he was a resource officer. Mm-hmm. So we did have him in, in school. So I, and in regards to what's going on now, uh, I don't think we had them in like elementary schools and so forth, but like high schools, we had, you right. know, we did yeah. have uh, uh, retired uh, officers or officers. Or you had officers, resource, resource officers. officers, they call them, but they and, were sworn law enforcement officers. And you had a good relationship with him? I mean, he was, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 we did. Where was this? Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Tampa Bay Tech. You went to Tampa Bay Tech? So you grew up in Tampa. Yes. Um, so... Let's move on to affordable housing because that is something that right now is priority one for Florida Rising here in Hillsborough County. Correct. We um, are in the middle of a housing crisis, and it's not just poor people who are being affected. Right. It's it's everybody because, it's everybody. and it's not just people who are renting, although they're really affected. But it's also people who are trying to buy property. Correct. And, uh, and but you all in eighteen months have had quite a big impact in Tampa. I think. Oh, thank you. That's hard work. In three <laughs> organizing you. efforts. Um, so tell us what what Florida Rising Rising's been doing on this issue in the city of Tampa. So we uh, so for anybody that has not noticed, we are in a housing crisis, <laughs> a very bad one. Um, so Florida Rising, uh, we started out um, uh, during the pandemic. Right. Just uh, we wanted to help. So we did like a uh, countywide canvas uh, of everyone that was facing evictions and to provide them with the information, because a lot of times when they have these programs, people still it it amazes me. But people do not know about it. You mean the rental assistance programs to try to help people from being evicted? Yes. Yes. That's so, very true. They were, I know, they were like trying to give money away. Like they just needed people. And to, people really didn't know about it. Yeah. So, but it uh, did work. They kept a lot of people from being evicted as a result of those programs. Correct. And, yeah. The, oh, eviction, oh, the eviction rates went way down because people had the resources to pay their rent, even though perhaps they had lost their jobs. Correct. Correct. So, uh, with that, uh, when what we found out was that uh, during that stint of walking and knocking on doors, we found a lot of slum lords. 
bad, bad, bad slumlords Mm -hmm. where people are living with rat infestation, roach infestation, just everything. Sewage, black mold. Yeah, the creative loafing, uh, Justin Garcia has done a really good job covering that stuff. Yes. Um, So that was another tier of us bringing awareness. So we had to do something. So uh, after the pandemic or during the pandemic, at the end of everything, we started mobilizing people, mobilized people down to uh, city council uh, just to let city council know, hey, this is what's going on in your city. Uh, we held a rally uh, in February uh, of over 100 people. Then we, you know, we just kept building, kept building, kept building with bringing uh, awareness to city council. Initially, city council and we were asked we had demands. Uh, we wanted, uh, of course, them to declare this as housing emergency, a state of um, a mm-hmm. state of emergency for rent stabilization. Uh, we are asking for landlord complaint registry, uh, the tenant advocacy office, and um, they just recently passed something around uh, like giving a sixty day notice of a five percent rent increase when city council actually asked for six months. And I was like, okay, so if city council asks for six months and they go down to just 60 days, they can do more. So we're pushing for them to do at least, we'll come halfway, 120 days. Uh, If a person receives a rent increase of over 5%, you know, they have to be notified. Within... Now it's 60 days. 60 days, days, and you're asking for 120. We're going halfway. And so why, tell us a little bit about why 60 days is not enough. So when a person receives a rent increase... There, you know, you, you're in an apartment. You still have to pay your regular rent. You have to get up a deposit for your new place. You have to fill out applications. So those are application fees. You still have to pay your light bills. So who's prepared to? And do like that? first, first and last month's and first rent. And last often. Month yeah, rent. yeah, yeah. So who's prepared to do that? So uh, I think six months would be ideal. If they, you know, a landlord knows how much they're going to charge you six months ahead of time. How there's it, no uh, rocket scientist to it. How did it go from six months to sixty days? Can you the uh, the attorney or what they st- call staff at with city council said that they can't legally do that, and that's not true. Hmm. Interesting. How that's far could true. they go legally? They, there's nothing that says they can't go six months. Gotcha. There's nothing in writing that says that they can't. And so, what we're is this the tenant bill of rights that we're talking about right now? Is that what? Is pa- that what that pa- is? Part of is that's it. part of the tenants' bill of rights. Yes, part of it. Okay. There is, I think, uh, yes, part of it. Yes. Um, and then the city. Um, there's also. Um, you said that what you want is the a statement that it's a declare that this is a state of emergency, and then they would have to put something on the ballot Correct. where people would be able to vote in favor of rent control or rent stabilization. So we don't like to use rent control. I know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm so 70s. <laughs> Although that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so they can put it on the ballot. that, uh, And let the people vote for it. The city council sees that there, or the mayor, everyone sees that there is an issue, a, a concerning issue. So put it on the ballot and let the people vote for it. Yeah. And that's, you know, of the. I think what we're going for is... N- 
not a rent freeze, but you can't raise your rent more than 5%. More than 5%. Okay, so that's... That They're is, getting something. They, yeah. they, okay, so th- there you go. That makes sense. So what do you think, listeners? Give us a call, 813-239-9663. Do you think that we should have rent stabilization in <laughs> Tampa and Hillsborough County? And not meaning that you can't raise your rent, but you can only raise it um, 5%. Mm-hmm. So that you'd only be able to raise it for 5%. And give people plenty of notice. Are you struggling with housing? Are you struggling to find a place to live, give us a call, 813-239-9663, or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. Something else that relates to this idea of the housing crisis is that, you know, people... um, if they can't pay their rent and they end up getting evicted, that lasts with them a long time and they suffer greatly because of that. Tell us a little about that. There's a, a movement called Ban the Box. Ban Tell the us box. about Ban the Box. We're also, that's, uh, that is uh, with our, uh, com- I think our complaint registry, but uh, you know that you suffer uh, if you get, if you got evicted seven years ago, you're still suffering from that uh, eviction. People are young, people are stupid, people pick up and move out or, you know, whatever the situation is, but that follows you forever. And I think that there should be a, a time limit. Um, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office hides arrest after five years, right? You can't, no, you can no longer see it. So I think the thing, same uh, uh, process should be made for individuals Evictions. that, yeah. Right, because you get to a point where you can't, afford anything you 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 can't live anywhere because you you have one eviction, eviction yeah. on your record so that you can't live anywhere um you were talking about the landlord complaint registry um a minute ago can you tell us a little bit more about that what is how would that work so and just to mind you anything that we're asking for has been done so we're not cr- recreating the in another wheel. city you mean in other yeah. city cor- in other cities correct mm-hmm. uh, we're not recreating the will or anything of that nature the uh, complaint registry has been implemented in, uh, I think, Miami, Gainesville, Kansas City, different, uh, you know, uh, with different uh, tiers to it. But uh, the complaint registry is that every uh, landlord would have to register in Hillsborough County or in the city of Tampa because that's where we're pushing and we're also pushing. Aren't they already required to get a rental certificate and the city's not even enforcing that? So there's a new sheriff in town. But no, they weren't enforcing it. Right. Uh, who's the new sheriff? You mean uh, Mayor Jane? Uh, Florida Rising. Uh, Florida Rising. Okay. <laughs> but no, the city has had a rental certificate program uh, for years. A landlord is supposed to get a certificate, and that way, and they're also supposed to uh, maintain a minimum housing standards. So, um, yeah, I, I self checks and so forth. Now, was that rental certificate? Uh, was that? What is what was on the books for corporate landlords also, or just anybody who rents property in the city of Tampa? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. so the uh, difference between this is there's registration and a fee. Yeah, yeah. So, there, this this certificate is free. Oh yeah. So yeah, now ours have, have, have a fee. fee. Yours has, has a fee. Yeah, this is a registration fee. Now the city uh, mayor Castor also started a, uh, a kind of housing crisis call center. Um, has that been effective? They've gotten over. 900? Yeah. yeah. They've gotten a lot of calls. Within the first week. Yeah. Which suggests maybe we have a housing crisis here. <laughs> yeah. You think? But yeah. you, has that been effective? Do you know uh, folks have uh, um, called that or have, have, your, have your folks uh, looked into how, how that's running? So we've, we've done test runs in regards to calling and, and yeah. you know, asking questions and so forth. Um, the person that I, I, I was on the phone with, they did a, a fairly good job in regards to directing me to the help that I would uh, need. Um, I think that um, we presented uh, 
they said that they've had this in the works for a while. I'm not sure. But when we presented uh, the um, tenant advocacy office, the city council, we presented it one day. And then like the next couple of days, this 1-800 number comes out. And then uh, I, I asked myself, I said, wow, you know, is this going to, are they trying to take the place of the tenant advocacy mm-hmm. office? So we have gotten the information. They're saying absolutely not, that they're still pushing for, they're still going to create the tenant, tenant advocacy office. Um, the city council, just to, to clarify, uh, wants to spend $400,000 to create this office. To, to begin with, yes. But it, it really is up to the mayor to agree to do that under the city charter. She has the power to to run the, the, the day-to-day administration of the city. But it's my impression that she has said they're looking into it, they want to they see if they can do it, that kind of thing. Is that right? Cor- correct. Uh, yes, she has. <laughs> she has. But until they get that, the, uh, the call center might be an effective way for people to complain about their landlord. Well, there, so we didn't, we didn't ask for a 1-800 number. We asked for a tenant advocacy office, someone that can advocate for the tenants. The, the responsibilities of a tenant advocacy office would be more than just redirecting them to the, to the uh, resources. Right. Um, we've got a text message from somebody who's asking about the rent stabilization idea and um, wants to know um, if you say you can only raise your rent at 5%, what frequency? Is that every six months or every year? How would that work? So you have a year lease. A, so okay. Year, so, yeah. a, so a year or whatever the lease is. So yeah. that's the answer to that, that 5%, which yeah. seems, seems reasonable. Now, yeah. Another thing that a lot of uh, housing advocates are pushing for these days is to loosen up the city code to allow more density and to allow accessory dwelling units to be built. I agree with that, yeah. You know, the, the mother-in-law apartment, I guess, is what uh, people call it, or the, the granny apartment. And uh, apparently there are only certain parts of Tampa where these can be built. Um, and is Florida Rising supporting efforts to expand that? I, I think that, I think, uh, you know, I, I look at this housing crisis and I always use this term, uh, it's a piece of the puzzle, you know, because everything is so, it's not just rental, it's, it's housing, uh, affordable housing, it's uh, property taxes, it's, uh, you know, uh, homeowners insurance. And I think the accessory dwelling uh, uh, idea to revamp those codings is a good uh, a, a good way, and they're also trying to. The city is also trying to, from my understanding, uh, create um, a program where if someone can't afford to build, they'll assist them with building uh, uh, the units on their property, mm. and they can. They they not only I asked the question, uh, would they just be single story? And they said no, you can go and be, uh, you know. Um, Two stories. Mm-hmm. It could be a two-story uh, dwelling. So, and it could be income because uh, I think the laws right now is that the units can only be for relatives. Right. So they're revamping that wording for so you can rent it and can't uh, actually be a source of income correct. for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's if, reintroduce our guest. Robin Lockett is an organizer with Florida Rising, a grassroots organization that aims to advance economic and racial justice across Florida. We're talking about their focus on affordable housing in Tampa because, as you know, we are in a housing crisis. Um, Let's take a moment out for a uh, station promo. Supposedly. We're taking a moment out. 
Okay, well, I'm going to go back then. That did not work. Um, if you want to um, join the conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email um, at dj at wmnf.org. Um, we do have another text message uh, related to the last one we got, which is uh, a caller is asking, I know our landlord is going to raise our rent. He did it last year. Mm-hmm. What can an individual do if the landlord raises it more than 5%? Do we have any rights to refuse legally? Mm-mm. No. Nope. Negotiate with them, no. Right now, as it stands right now, there's nothing in place to protect the tenant. And that's one thing that we uh, wanted to do also. We knew that uh, uh, trying to uh, get or obtain uh, rent stabilization, the city to declare it a housing uh, emergency, we knew that we wanted to put things in place to protect the tenant because no one has really challenged the laws around landlords. Uh, we have a caller um, on the line. We've got um, Nathan who um, wants to talk about um, building more homes and land use and how it plays into affordable housing. Uh, Nathan, you're you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, um, I was curious. Um, you know, tenant protections are really important um, in Tampa and Florida. We don't have enough, and um, it, it's really an effective means to actually help people today and Florida rising work there is, is really important. Um, but a basic cause for our housing crisis is that we're way behind on, on building enough homes for everyone who wants to be here. Right. So we have specifically when we talk about gentrification today, we have so many people who want to move here in South Tampa and that's pushing people who, you know, maybe used to want to live in South Tampa into places like West Tampa and East Tampa. And, um, and, and we only have, you know, so many homes. I think they say 150 people are moving to, the county per day, and, mm-hmm. and there's not 150 homes being built. So it's people who are sort of at the bottom, who are who are the, the most housing insecure, who are who are dealing with the worst here. Um, do you see an opportunity for Florida Rising to, to sort of take a more active role in in the land use or the the, how, the actual like you know housing policy um, beyond just tenant protections, or or where does that fit kind of in, in your map of, of addressing our crisis on on affordable housing? Nathan, I think, uh, yes, to answer your question, yes, because it's a part of the puzzle, right? It's, there's a big piece of, uh, there's a puzzle that we have to fit the pieces in. There's no and, one solution. Correct, correct. Right. So as as part of that, I've, I've seen you down to city council, and I totally agree with what you're saying. So the answer to that is yes. It's not just right now, the most at risk, right, is how do we get a handle around these people that are losing their homes, that are being evicted, that can't afford rent, because now the you know the the city is designing they're building homes for people to purchase, but you know right. how do we protect those individuals that that you know don't have protection and they they rent? But to answer yeah, your question, right. yes. Yeah, I, I I mean my I do advocacy and and um, and I you know I, I talk about parking minimums and things like that, and uh, you know you're not going to help somebody today by by reducing parking minimums, right? Like no nobody's going to be better off tomorrow for that. So I, your work on um, keeping people in their homes with the, and, and getting them aware of what, what is available to them today is, is really, really important. But we also just got to figure out where we're going to put all these people who are coming here. Absolutely. Thanks, Nathan. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, and parking minimums is just one of it. There's all kinds of things that they can do to increase density and 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 provide more homes, which would, even though it takes forever, I mean, you can't really, as I say, you can't build our way out of the housing crisis. Correct. And as we've discussed in the past on this show, transportation is part of the housing uh, formula. Right. We've, we've got to get better mass transit. 
I assume Florida Rising is in favor of better mass transit. I agree with that. Uh, Just curious as to how, you know, uh, the issue I have even with the, um, or the concern rather, I have with the uh, transportation, the one cent tax is coming coming up in November. Give me specifics. If you, you know, you've had two years to do this, you know, you can sell it better if you're able to give uh, specifics. Where are you going to start? Just being very transparent about Specifically about mass transit, you would mm-hmm. like to see what HART is going to do with the money that it's going to receive. Where the locations are going to, where you're going to first start, uh, where the locations, uh, you know, when should somebody expect to see a change in regards to where they live? So just giving uh, uh, a specifics on, on that and the uh, money. They, if I can interject, they, they do have a, um, because they started the work after the last time it passed, they have the oversight committee. And the oversight committee actually did, does have a list of the projects that were going to be funded, um, the first ones at least, you know, there's, you know, 10, right. 20. There's a list that does exist that's out there that I really hope that the county commissioners who now have to campaign to get this done um, really make it very clear to everybody that, that there are tangible things that they can point to today that will that it will be shovel ready if we pass this. Well, well this, this time, this is the county commission's initiative, so you're right, Nathan. It is in their interest to be as transparent as possible Correct. about what they're going to do with the money. Correct. Thanks for the call, Nathan. We appreciate it. Um, I, I want to read this email um, from somebody uh, uh, that we received or a text message. It says, um, uh, it's signed lost in Tampa Bay. Um, Affordable housing is the issue. Renting is a piece of the puzzle. Thank you for this work. The ha- this housing crisis puts many people down long term. My wife and I are teachers and a grad student and have been homeless twice in the past four years. We've scraped by and survived and every time it takes a minimum of a year to get back to treading water from drowning. We have had rent increases of 60% and would recommend that the poverty limit be expanded. This affects so many people and professions and your job shouldn't necessarily be the only thing that ensures you safe and affordable housing. Fixing this problem will help so many problems that ripple out. The struggles I see my students and their families go through that stem from housing are heartbreaking. Wow. Yeah. Wow. These are real folks who are being uh, affected here. Yeah. And 60%, my daughter, um, her rent just increased um, 30%. A 30% increase in, in her rent. You know, some, some people will ask, you know, is that a business decision? I was having this conversation yesterday. They said, well, you know, Robin, that's just business, right? Somebody being able to, a person's uh, uh, lease is being over and uh, they want to raise their rent or whatever that situation is. I said, you know, just because you can don't mean you should. Mm-hmm. Right? Who in their right mind would increase if you if your rent is um, thirteen hundred dollars, increase it to eighteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars because you can? Well, they, we just watched. Um, it was on um, last week tonight or whatever it is. The oh, John uh, Oliver show. The John Oliver show, and they had had a clip from a tenant, a landlord who was basically saying, "We can raise the rent as much as we want because mm-hmm. they got nowhere to go." Mm-hmm. So what are they going to do? Landlords are taking advantage of the housing crisis. They know there's there are very few options. One hundred percent. They can, and it is supply and demand. It's the capitalist system that we have. We've got um, Chris in Clearwater on the line. Chris wants to. He's got an interesting idea for how to um, handle landlords. Chris, you're on the line. What's on your mind? Well, uh, yeah, I recommend everybody, any tenants, any prospective tenant, check uh, any prospective landlord uh, background on the Clerk of the Court's website for how they've behaved as a landlord to see if they filed evictions where the tenant's been able to defend themselves and look at the evidence. Uh, for instance, where 
I, uh, I had a terrible landlord, and uh, he was stealing electricity from me. He claimed, he insisted that he had the right to, and, and so I had to call the police on him. But, uh, you know, that's in the public record as well. You can go to the police and, and see, uh, you know, do a public records request from the police department and see uh, when the uh, whenever somebody is called to uh, report mm-hmm. something. And, uh, you know, this. so I had to terminate the lease with him. I, I got him to agree to terminate the lease. He gave me the security deposit in a check, and then he canceled the check, so then I had to sue him. And then that, <laughs> now that's all on public record, the fact that he had canceled the check and, uh, you know, I had to, that I had to sue him. You know, never mind that I... Um, I settled, we settled, uh, you know, he saw that he didn't have a case, and so in mediation, you know, right after the pretrial, uh, we saw the mediator who got us to agree to settle, and it was voluntarily dismissed, so, you know, never mind that, uh, folks should be able to see through that, that oftentimes cases are settled, but they can see the evidence that I had a, a good case, and, uh, you know, wouldn't have gone, it wouldn't have been dismissed for any reason going, had I gone through court. Yeah, Chris, question and, for you. What, what's your take on the whole idea of rent stabilization and, and limiting um, rent increases to 5% a year? I'm not sure. I mean, I think it might have to depend on property, um, you know, individual basis, property insurance and uh, property taxes. You know, some places it's, it's much more profitable to rent than others. So, uh you know, like in, in Tampa than it is here in Clearwater, for instance, it's a lot more expensive in Tampa. Right. And it sounds like you do like the idea, uh, though, of making sure that people have a good, at least 120 days notice of a rent increase. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the economy is so volatile, I, I don't know uh, what to say about it. But also, I want to mention that uh, there are scam lords out there that mm-hmm. uh, I had one who... Uh, never wanted to give me a receipt and I, mm-hmm. uh, when he filed an eviction against me and I was able to defend against it. Uh, that, um, I found I did research on his past evictions after I should have done it before I rented from him, but after the fact and, and saw and contacted some of the people uh, who he filed fraudulent evictions against because their phone numbers were on the doc, uh, court documentation. And, uh, you know, he would claim that the rent wasn't paid <clears throat> according to these tenants. And often they could prove that it was. Uh, so there are those landlords who try to scare the tenants away from fighting an eviction. You know, they they just uh, move out. They have five days to respond, and they haven't read uh, Florida Chapter 83, right. which has to do with landlord-tenant relations. Yeah. Before you become a landlord or a tenant, you have to read Chapter 83 to understand your rights and responsibilities, and then check out the lease to see yeah. whatever has been. A lot of people are not doing that. They are not reading statutes. They're not reading their leases even that closely, I'm sure. But this Chris, is very interesting because landlords do background checks on uh, tenants, uh, but you're suggesting the tenants do background checks on landlords. And the complaint registry recover that, yes. Oh, so you could also check a complaint (laughs) registry. Thank you for the call, Chris. We appreciate it. Police reporting the background checks for arrests of specific people is taxpayer-funded. It's not a part of due process. The police is part of the executive branch, so... I don't see how it could be any part of due process. And, uh, you know, I'm saying taxpayer funded. Maybe they could be be sued on that basis. Thanks for the call, Chris. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. That's a good idea uh, in regards to, uh, you know, and so this is civic engagement and education for uh, uh, just people in general. Uh, What I would like to say is that people power is, is true, right? When we first started, initially started going down to city council, we wore red, wore red shirts. It wasn't Florida rising. It was a unified uh, effort. You know, they listen, but then they just listen. 
Now when we come, they listen. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention. Correct. And people really make, if I don't say anything else, people really make a difference. Especially That's if important. you're organized the way you are. Correct. I mean, if you show up as a, as a one-off, just an individual, but you, know, you show up with, what, 30 people at, your, at these meetings? Yeah, more than that. With yeah. a how unified do do, message as well. Yeah, yes. how, but I think you had like 100 at one point. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? How do you, how do you rally people? So we, uh, uh, we've included like the CDC of Tampa, uh, uh, Faith in Florida, so other grassroots organizations uh, different realtors, uh, so other grassroots organizations and other businesses that are that are being affected by this, and we build from that point. So the Faith in Florida is going to bring their people, um, a tennis union are going to bring their people, but everybody's on the same message, mm-hmm. although a part of different organizations. Uh- we have, we a, have te- a text message from Maverick in Brooksville who would just like to point out that a lot of this is being driven by greed. Absolutely. Whether it's builders slowing down and tightening supply or landlords raising rent in times of difficulty, much like bags of ice for $10 after a hurricane. Absolutely. Which is what the uh, state law regarding rent stabilization is aimed at doing, is to try to deal with uh, an emergency situation where people are gouging. Um, and there are many people, including, you know, we talked to Congresswoman Kathy Castor about this, who believe that the, the high gas prices here are the result of greed on the part of the oil companies. Yeah. I want to close out the hour here talking a little bit about the um, Florida Rising's um, voter registration and get out the vote efforts. Um, I'm going to start off first, hopefully, by playing um, a clip from a documentary called Suppressed and Sabotaged. Um, the fight to vote. Um, this documentary is on the Florida Rising um, Facebook page, and this is the opening clip of it. I'm just going to play, but it looks like I have a feeling there's something wrong with this machine because it's not playing. Yeah, that's not going to work. Okay, but anyway, what this is is the Paul Weyricht, who is the founder of um, the Heritage Foundation, says that um, they don't want people to vote. That it's that the conservatives lose when people vote. So there is a specific desire for people not to vote. And this was an old clip from when the Heritage Foundation was first being um, created. So tell, talk to us a little bit about that. Why? What is Florida Rising doing and um, to get out the vote? And why is it important? Who are they targeting in terms of registering and, and voting? It's a so, lot of questions. So the work that we do year round should equate to. Uh, uh, the political part of it, and that's uh, voting. Uh, we're targeting uh, everybody, right? If you're impacted by housing, we're targeting you. If you're impacted by com- uh, climate justice, we're, we're talking, you know, we're, we're targeting everybody that uh, is concerned about issues to push those people out to vote. Uh, what's important is that um, not only voting, but holding your your uh, people, the, the electives, uh, accountable. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Uh, by holding them accountable, going to city council meetings, calling in, letting them know that you're still watching them. That's the that's the missing piece of that. It's more than just getting somebody in office, because people get crazy when they get in office, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but holding them accountable while they're in office. Is there anybody either in Hillsborough or Pinellas that um, has been particularly helpful for to, with you to you guys and supportive on the city council or the county commission? Anybody you want to 
give some credit to? Or um, to be honest, we've had uh, good. Orlando has been uh, very receptive. Uh, I didn't know what to expect with uh, Lynn Hertek. Mm-hmm, Lynn Hertek. I'm very, yeah. I'm very pleased with her. Uh, of what I know of her right now, mm-hmm. I always put that disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, 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 Bill Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, you know. I, to be honest, we've met with all of the city councils, Citro, uh, Guido, and so forth. We met with them, had conversations with them. Everybody's uh, been so far has been very transparent in regards to where they stand. Uh, I respect even respect Bill Carlson and saying, hey, you know, I don't I can't I don't agree with rent stabilization because he thinks it's going to hurt. But at least he was forthright in saying that. Right. Right. Didn't say one thing and then do the other. That's always Uh, the worst. We've been meeting with uh, county commissioners and we met with Mariella Smith. Uh, I had a conversation with Overman and we met with Cohen. Both of them, all three of them uh, totally agree with our um, platform. And again, you said when people get into office, they get crazy. They might not necessarily follow through on their campaign 100%. promises. Yeah. So right now, you know, we're building up to the midterm elections. Florida Rising is encouraging people to register and to get out and vote. Do you feel like, it feels to me the stakes are very high in this midterm election. Um, and the deadline to register for the primary is in just two weeks. It's on July 25th. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so you're, you're, <laughs> That's another whole another uh, whole segment. Other show. Right. <laughs> People are so accustomed to moving through things and letting it stay as it is, right? That they're they're you know, they're affected but they don't know they're affected. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about those people. Right. The the regular not the regular folks, but folks that are aware and recognize the things that's going on, you know, they're gonna go and they're gonna see the urgency. But the people that are just making ends meet, they know things are bad, maybe ten percent better than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about those people not going to the polls and voting because they see nothing has changed. Well, especially because it's not a presidential election, right? Correct. I think people, it's more on people's minds when you're actually in a presidential and this is just, this is a midterm. So some of those people that you're talking about that are too overwhelmed by the day-to-day to actually even know who to vote for. And this housing uh, uh, crisis has allowed us to connect the two. Right, because they're going down to city council. They can see who's supporting, who's not. They can they can see who's supporting county commissioner and not. So they it puts a a person with an issue mm-hmm. to see who's with you or not to make a decision. As when you go down, I'm not voting him back in because he ain't vote. You know, yeah. So it, it 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 identifies it for him. But do you feel like it also gets encourages people um, about the whole idea of the power of the people? Oh, yes. When you have one success, civic you realize engagement. The civic engagement makes a big difference. Oh, oh yes. We have these seniors that uh, uh, over. At Madison Highland, oh my God, they are rowdier than nothing. Uh, they want to fight. They go down and they listen to city, sit, listen to the meetings at City Council. They are they are amazing. Yep. We're just about out of time, Robin. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Good for conversation. Me. And how do people, if they want to get involved with Florida Rising, just in ten seconds, can you tell us what they can do? Uh, they can go into floridarising.org. Um, that's our uh, website, or you can give me a call. My, my number is public. Uh, it's eight one three three one zero zero seven nine three. Okay. Um, and don't forget the uh, primary, uh, uh, the, 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 the deadline for requesting a mail ballot for the primary election is July 9th. It's right. only four days away. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. Um, up next is NPR News, followed by Harrison Nash.